0: Welcome to episode three of the Blind Side Rewind. I'm one of your hosts, Jeremy Timmerman. I'm joined, by, of course, by Justin Baxley. Justin, how's it going, buddy?
1: Pretty good, man. Just uh, taking it easy, uh, trying to navigate through all this uh, coronavirus stuff and you know, just enjoying life as much as we can. How about you, bud? A
0: little bit of the same, a little bit of the same. I ran my first half marathon yesterday. That, that sounds painful. Dude, it was. I was hurting for a little bit. I'm not going to lie. And uh, and then, so it was yesterday morning about 7. So I ran from 7 to about 9.30. And then I got in the pool at, at my friend's house where the the uh, half marathon started. It was just here in our neighborhood. And uh, there were just five or six of us that ran it. And we got in the pool and we, we kept our our distance. That was the whole purpose of this, was that so, so many of these people, I am not somebody who would normally do this, but so many of these people uh, normally do races like this, and they weren't able to because of the coronavirus. So we, we had the coronathon. and uh, But we got in the pool for a few minutes, came back home, ate some lunch, and just in about 1230, my legs from hips to ankles hurt. And I, that's never happened to me. It was awful.
1: So I don't I don't know if you're a fan of uh, How I Met Your Mother, but uh, there's an episode where Barney runs the New York Marathon with, like, no training. Like, he just runs it, finishes yeah. the whole thing, and then, like, he gets on the subway, and he's just like, oh, yeah, this is going well. And then all of a sudden, his legs stop working. He yeah. gets, like, mugged on the, the subway, and, like, all this stuff happens, and his hey, legs just stop working. He does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's when he jumps the turnstile and he ends up not getting a job. That's the whole thing. But, like, that's what I imagine happened to you is just your legs stopped working at, like, two or three hours after everything, like, was done.
0: Yeah, and, and it wasn't quite that bad. But, yeah, it was that kind of feeling that just complete shutdown from hips to ankles. So I had that yesterday. And then this evening I decided to uh, – we're recording. None of you know this. It doesn't matter to you. But – we're recording a little bit later than we would have intended because uh, I was trying to install a bathroom sink and I had kind of a survivor puzzle under there. It was it was unique. I've never seen a setup under a sink quite like what I had going on under there.
1: That, that, that don't sound fun.
0: Yeah, so I ended up having to brute force it out of there and uh, luckily I didn't break anything that we needed to keep, so that worked out.
1: Well, that worked out well then. Um, I'm assuming that uh, you got you got it done since we are recording.
0: Uh, yeah, but- I got it. I got it installed. The water is running, and uh, things are good. Things are good.
1: All right. Well, obviously we, we'll, we'll go ahead and jump in then to, to talking a little Survivor. Um, we're still going through uh, Kagiyan. Um, it has been. We're, we're what? How, how many episodes are we in now, Jeremy? Are, are we four or five?
0: That's the question we're four for you, five for me uh it's as we went over last week, there was a little bit of a platform difference there, but yeah it, the the way that this if you're if you're looking at the series online, we're through four episodes we did, we did one episode last week because we talked about the uh winners at war finale and and we're getting through three episodes this week, and part of that is you know th- this is the way a survivor season goes a little bit, not that there are dull episodes, but like uh the the season premiere and the finale and and the the episode right before the finale, those are all really big episodes, but a lot of the episodes in the middle, it's more of a slow build. And I think that's what we got in,
1: in especially episodes two and three. Yeah. I mean, you start seeing some relationships form specifically um, that are obviously big for this season. Uh, Tony and uh, Lucina uh, or during this season, she's known as Sarah, obviously, but Um they kind of set up their little alliance, Cops are Us. Um, again, Tony lied to her in the first episode and was like, nah, nah, I'm not a cop. That's not me. Like, I'm a construction worker. Um, obviously, he, he was lying, but he went to her and just was like, yeah, you know, I am a cop. Let's work together. Let's be Cops are Us. Um, and I mean, again, like, you're kind of looking at it. Sarah's like, she, she's like, that was the truest handshake I've ever had in my entire life like I just know he can't be lying to me and of course you get to Tony's confession when he's like yeah I'll swear on my badge, my life, my family, whatever I have to do I don't care what mean, whatever it takes I'm going to win this game um, so two very different like parallel versions of, of what's going on there between the storytelling of, of Lucina and Tony and kind of their interactions and kind of the motivations. Uh, Lucina obviously thinks everything is is on the up and up, that she can trust Tony 100%. Tony, on the other hand, is like, look, I'll trust her as far as I can, and then if I have to cut her, I'll have to cut her.
0: And really, I mean, honestly, that's why Tony is a two-time winner and arguably the king of Survivor, right? Because he knows that balance, that he wants to have relationships. And I think, I mean, if you've seen, this, particularly this episode of On. Uh, and then the finale of Winners at War. you know, Justin, you're a huge fan of these story arcs and these character arcs for the Survivor players. And not that we know for sure it's the capstone, but if it is and Tony and, and Lucina never play together again, especially, what a fun comparison within a couple weeks of each other to see how their relationship started and how it, it, at least in Survivor, could have ended, right?
1: Right. So, I mean, obviously, I, I talk a good bit about Survivor arcs and what they kind of mean. Um, you know, Tyson's arc from when he started in season 18 for Token, uh, for token genes. uh He's this bad boy that just doesn't care what he says to anybody. In Winners at War, we get a family man that, that's retiring from the game that talks about, you know, the only thing I care about is being able to play this game in front of my daughter's. Um, which is right. completely different than what he started out in Token Chief. But then I think, like, for me, and, and it could just be because I am biased because I do love Tony a lot and I do love Lucina a lot. They're two of my favorite players uh, to ever play Survivor. Um, I think they have just one of the most incredible arcs as a duo um, because, well, first of all, and, and this is obviously not a spoiler for you, they played together three times. And every time one of them has won the game. Um, now, obviously, the second time, uh, Lucina didn't get a chance to play with Tony because he got voted out pre-merge or before, pre-tribe swap even. Um, but still, it's rather impressive for two 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 players to be part of a, a duo. And, like, every time they play, they've won. Um, and which I think you know who wins Kageyana, and I know that's not really a spoiler for you. Um and so I think the arc that, that kind of plays out and what you see is, and, and, and I mentioned this to you the other night, was how on earth is Lucina able to trust Tony in season 40 after watching the the start of that uh, relationship? The way that they interacted uh, when they first met and Tony, like, what, like for me, it was watching the confessionals and I'm like, there's no way I could. I don't know that I could be friends with this guy, much less work with him and make it all the way to day what thirty seven, thirty eight together in the next in in the season we play together in season forty. Like, yeah. I, I don't know and, how you build that bridge.
0: And she's seen it. You know what I mean? Like by this point, she has seen those confessionals. You know, like it's not a secret anymore. She's not sequestered for the last five years or however long it's been. Right.
1: She's won when the was, game
0: since then. Right, she and she's she knows. So this was uh, it, it filmed in 2013. So it's been seven years. She or and six years since it came out. She has seen these confessionals and she knows what happened. So it's it's wild to me, and and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how this relationship develops here. I'm sure eventually we'll watch Game Changers together.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And,
0: you know, maybe not our next season, but it's one that we'll watch,
1: well, and uh, I, I, I'm curious to see that arc. And, and something to to keep in mind for for Game Changers is is that Tony helped Sarah prepare, or Lucina, uh prepare. I'm gonna probably do that all the time because you know in Cagayan they call her Sarah, um, and right. here recently she's been a- she's asked, and everybody should oblige uh, in calling her Lucina, uh when possible. Um, but basically, like. The, the two of them, um, you know, for game changers, Tony helped her prepare. And I told you this other night that I felt like that Tony's biggest move going into season 40 happened in season 34. He repaired that relationship with Lucina by basically saying, look, I'm going to mentor you in how to play this game. Um and she came out with a different mindset and played a lot like Tony did, In the, a little bit different. Uh, she probably was a little bit more reliant on her social game. She, she made great bonds, very similar to how, how Tony plays the game. And so I just think their arc is so much fun to watch. And I don't think that Tony makes it to day 39 in Winners at War without having repaired that relationship between the two.
0: And Let's talk a little bit of it just about uh for, for anybody who um maybe hasn't watched this season or it's been a while, we'll walk a little bit through what happened. So episode two, um, which is titled Cops Are Us because this is where uh Sarah and Tony build that bond that we see. I mean, Cops are us is a phrase that you heard in Winters at War. Uh this is where they, they they form that bond. Um it's the first time that we see that that to my knowledge, we see that the brains get that challenge clue. Uh, and they practice the challenge of, of tossing the water in the buckets uh and, and this time it pays off uh they they don't finish last in the in the challenge and and it's actually beauty that finishes last and uh what's fun about this season is i don't think anybody would question that uh that Kageon is definitely a new school survivor right
1: yeah I don't, I don't think anybody would question that and i say that because But you're
0: seeing some train
1: yeah the transitioning and, and I think that there's a player in season 19 and we're going to watch that together. And I can't wait for you to see this player. Look, you can, it's Russell and you can hate him. You can love him. But I think that's really where you start seeing some of the new school stuff begin. And I think that this is the season for me, at least where it feels like it takes an even deeper turn into what we look at as new school survivor. Um, And, you know, it's hard to appreciate this season if it's one of the first ones you've seen, I think. I think it is one where, like, the gameplay that you're seeing from some of these players, even early on, is something that you appreciate more when you've seen one or two, maybe even three or four seasons, which you and I both have. I mean, um, you've watched the last three seasons, uh, plus we had token chains for you to watch. Um, The – you can just tell the difference in what the gameplay was like in Token Chains versus seeing the gameplay 10 seasons later in Kagayan. I mean, I'll let you kind of speak to that, but I mean, at least for me, like I can see the differences in, in seasons from 18 to 28. There's, it's a, just a different kind of game, different elements to it. One, I mean, is the, the hidden immunity idols where you had to more or less rely on clues uh you know in season eighteen to find your hidden immunity idols. Now you can go out and find one just by, you know, looking around. Obviously there was a little bit more this season where they got clues from the rewards and things like that. But I think it was LJ that found his idol just because he realized that Morgan had been looking over in a certain area.
0: Well and but I think that's that's what's fun about this is twenty eight and it's it's cool because of numbers. You know, we watch 18. 18 is definitely old school survivor. A lot of people would argue it's the beginning of the, it, it's the end of the true old school because, of course, it's 18. 19 is Russell. Um, I think, I think I'm getting those numbers right. Um, uh, I think so, yeah. But, you know, and then, it, and then the more recent seasons that you and I have watched live is 38. Well, right here in the middle, 28. And, you can see that it wasn't just a hard-line switch from old school to new school. Right. And we're going to touch a little bit on this as we move through the episodes, because uh, in the the second episode, um, the Beauty Tribe uh, loses the only... During the three-tribe phase, this is the only challenge that was lost by someone other than the Brains, because the Brains is a dumpster fire of a tribe, and we touched on that last week. Um, and, and beauty loses, and they end up voting out Bryce, who Bryce is a wizard strategically I mean he a wizard might be a little strong, but that's his that's his thing he's strategic, he's social, he comes in as a kind of a new school player he's somebody who comes in with strategy in mind We're we're, we're forming alliances we're forming um we're thinking about what we want to do going forward. who do we want after the merge? who do we want as the final three that's kind of his mindset. doesn't bring a ton to the table physically Um, and especially in that beauty tribe what's so interesting about this season they have to really capitalize if they've got somebody who's who's good in challenges they've got to capitalize because they were built as a tribe that looks good. Right and
1: something Uh, to keep in mind there is like he's When you say he's not necessarily a physical asset, like I think Morgan, who's his biggest ally, is a bigger physical asset for that team than he is. Right.
0: And that's why he goes home. And so you see Beauty Tribe step in in this and play kind of some old-school survivor because what you see in those older, especially in what we saw in Token Chains, part of the reason JT wasn't even considered as somebody to vote out until after the merge, and and inexplicably was not considered even after that. Um, but especially before the merge is because he's helping us stay right. here. Why would we vote JT out? It doesn't matter what he's going to do after the merge. He helps me not go to tribal council, so I'm not going to vote him out. And that's what you kind of see here from the beauty tribe. They never mm-hmm. said it the second half they never said, "Well, he's strategic and he sucks at challenges." But what you and I know is that Morgan is a bigger threat in challenges. She's a bigger asset in challenges. Bryce, not so much, and he's a way bigger social, strategic type player.
1: He goes I would home. argue that Morgan is is comparable on this particular tribe to Bryce in terms of strategic and social because we we see that from the onset with her. Is she walks up after she took the clue to the immunity idol instead of taking the, the bag of rice, she walked up and was like, oh yeah, you know, I had a choice between um, comfort and fishing gear. And I chose us the fishing gear. I hope that's okay. Like she's smart and she's relatively quick on her feet for somebody that's on the beauty tribe. Um And so I think it really didn't, I mean, obviously you're looking at those two as the, like strategically they're better than anybody else on this tribe except maybe lj um i think the three of them are the the top of the beauty tribe and when you look at it i think you're right physically bryce brings nothing to the table compared to lj and then he's pretty la- i mean he lacks pretty far behind even morgan because um, morgan at least she she's relatively athletic um and, and and brings a lot to the challenges, which was not something I was expecting from her to be honest
0: well it's it's something that when when you're talking about the beauty tribe um, it I think what ended up happening is at first blush, you think, well, they're screwed because brains and brawn we talked about this last week brains and brawn are things that obviously have uh positive impacts on your ability to play the game but how does beauty help you in the pre-merge phase but what I think ended up happening is that everybody in that tribe was chosen because not only are they beautiful or attractive or whatever standard was, was chosen but they bring something else and so Morgan's attractive but she's also pretty smart And she's also not a complete waste when it comes to um, challenges. You know, I I don't think she's somebody that if she makes it to the merge, she's going to win a bunch of individual immunity. But she can pull her weight in a team challenge.
1: Let me ask you this, Jeremy, Um, real quick. It just kind of hit me. So, like, Braun obviously is really good at physical challenges brain you think okay well they're uh they'd be good at puzzles and, and stuff like that. I wonder if beauty is like just being people people people. Um like being a people person and being able to interact with folks and having that like layer of of just relatability. Like, you know, I can talk to people, like that maybe that's part of their their assets. Um because I will say like LJ's a great talker. Morgan's a great talker. Um you know, Jeffra is, she's won a beauty pageant. Um, so she's had to have some level of talent and being able to talk and get on stage and, and being able to interact on that level. So I wonder if maybe that's where beauty at least has some level of an advantage is in the social aspect or in the, in the sh- not necessarily strategic per se, but maybe more into that, that relationship building.
0: Well, The flaw in this plan, and it worked out for Survivor in that the brain tribe was just so awful, but the flaw in that is that beauty thing only works if you're not aware that that's why they're there. And that comes down to like some psychological stuff that's deeper than you and I even could could begin to break down because we're both journalism majors. We're not – we don't have. I, I took one psychology uh, class. I
1: did criminal um, justice. That's so took a good bit of psychology. Um, just because it was a
0: okay. Hey, so you could you you could you can handle it. Maybe you a little bit. It. Um, a little bit, but uh, I I think the the what come, the problem with that is they're all there for their beauty and they all know it. Like that's something they addressed up front, so that takes away that advantage. Um. But to go to something you said, like Morgan's not really that good of a talker. But they... And this is where the psychology comes in. When someone is physically attractive Mm -hmm. to you, they don't have to be as good at talking. You're more likely to listen to what somebody is saying, even if it's subconscious, even if it's not like, you know, I'm a heterosexual male. I'm not attracted to men. But if a man is a is an attractive man, someone who is not doesn't have a lot of physical defects, somebody who looks like they're well kept, if that makes sense, I'm more likely to just be drawn to them as a person, not even in an attraction like I want to date or, you know, mate with this person, but just as a somebody I want to hang out with. If somebody seems well kept, if somebody seems attractive, their message is going to get across better than somebody who is distractingly unattractive, if that makes sense. And so, uh, th- you're right; there are some advantages for the for these people, but most of that is going to come after the merge. And that's what's curious to me. Um, about this setup is that pre-merge, all that matters is can you win challenges. Uh, if, if you're breaking down the game, that's really true, right? Like all that matters is can you win challenges, and that's where the the Bryce vote out um, feels a little more old school to me is that you know he's not somebody who's really going to be a huge asset mm-hmm. in challenges he's somebody who's gonna be a strategic threat yeah, so let's get rid of him and he was the target they split the votes the 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 four the the side of the tribe that had four people split their votes in case Morgan had found the idol
1: but but, they didn't but really LJ need was to. smart. Had, had had LJ found it? Well, LJ was smart about that. Had yeah, he found LJ it by had this the item. But he couldn't necessarily say, "Well, yeah, well, look, they don't have the item. You ain't got to worry about that. Let's not split the vote." Now, he was smart enough to say, "Yeah, let's let's split that vote. She may have that item." I
0: mean, dude, I've tried to be as honest as possible and not look at the vote order. I I accidentally saw it last time because I forgot that uh, I use Wikipedia, like right. all good scholars do. I use Wikipedia for this show, um mainly because I'm not looking for a lot of in depth information. I'm looking for the kind of like easily digestible information right. that Wikipedia provides, but they list contestants by boot order, yeah. and I forgot that because the only season we've done for this show was token we were already done with. that by the time we reco- yeah by the time we recorded, we'd already seen the whole thing um and so I knew the boot order for the last for two of the last two on, yeah. I knew the boot order. I knew the boot
1: order. Um, one of them I didn't know. Um, I don't remember which. What... You knew Jatia. You didn't know Cliff. Was that right? Yes,
0: that's correct. Um, so, um, so I don't. But I I've tried to be honest. And where I was going with that is, I don't know when LJ goes. But LJ man is such a yeah, good I like, player. I like he's somebody you know. He's on the beauty tribe, but like. What's funny is so many of the, especially the late season Survivor players, are attractive right. people anyway. That, like, he, he's not, like, overwhelmingly attractive compared to most of the people who play Survivor. That's what's so funny is it, it, somebody, you know, if you've watched particularly later seasons where right. everybody's attractive. Of course, attractive, I think, you know, I think
1: one thing to um, mention on that is like Morgan probably knows she's the most attractive on this tribe. And, like, even goes so far as to be like, you know, Jeremiah, I don't know how he ended up on this tribe. He's just not very good looking. Uh, and I was like, well, that's savage. Um, <laughs> it's like, you're, you're on a beauty tribe. Yeah. And you just look and be like, yeah, he's not attractive at all. Like, I don't know how, how is he even on the show at this point? Because He's not smart. He doesn't have the, the brawn. And I don't even think he has the beauty. I mean, just, she, she has moments where she's just savage. Which, like, you talk about her not being a great talker. I think she's a solid narrator. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's
0: a solid narrator. But sometimes right. when she's talking to the rest of the tribe, I'm like, she which, sounds super dumb right now. Which she's maybe is her strategy.
1: Dumb. Like, if she comes off smart the way that Bryce did, that that probably gets her out of there over Bryce. I mean, it, it, possibly. Um, because you got to yeah. think, like, I think Morgan would have an easier time integrating with a new cast of folks because she is so attractive um, that that's just going to translate super well and look Bryce has a great personality and probably will click with it, anybody as well um, but her dumbing down herself a little bit I think is actually helping her in the game a little bit more than she realizes um, but like you said man LJ is probably the star of this beauty tribe in general just because like the way he plays the game like you could have really sorted him onto brawn because he is a pretty physical threat you could have even sorted him into the brain he's a right. horse trainer like he's a horse trainer that's more of a brawn uh
0: occupation you know it's hard to explain like i mean he's on beauty because he's attractive but like tony's not ugly sarah's not you ugly. Swapped. you know like he it's almost like it's almost like they put him on beauty because they didn't have enough people who applied who were models. I don't know. It was it's a it's a strange fit for him being on beauty because he's older than them too. Which, look, he's, they, they, well, I'm they not bring look, this
1: twist back but, in a in a future season. Um Ko uh, which we'll watch eventually, which I'm excited for you to be able to watch. That that tribe or this this dynamic, those three tribes of brains, brawn and beauty is brought back. Um, and you'll see that kind of, again, where you're like, the bra makes a lot of sense. Um, the brains make a lot of sense into who they are. Um, except for like maybe one or two people. Uh, and then beauty once again, is just kind of like this, like, we really wanted you on the show. We didn't know where to put you. And so like, you're on this trap. Yeah. Um, or we had too many on brawn, and we had too many on beauty we wanted you in this cast because we think you make a solid addition. So we had to kind of come up with something. Um, and look, I think LJ, like I said, I think he could have, uh, could even go to the brain side just listening to him talk. Because um, dude's got some strategic stuff going on in his mind, like thinking about, you know, if I split the vote here, if I put it here, you know, if I, if I send Bryce home here, like he he's got that together. I mean, he doesn't do bad on like puzzles and stuff either.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, sending Bryce home, it's, it's, it's an old-school move for me. Um, and even though you talk about the idols, like LJ figured out where the idol was because Morgan got a clue to where it was, He everybody had the chance to notice that when they got to camp – she was coming back from off in the water somewhere. And there's a good chance because if you've watched token chains, you know, at least token chains, you know, that that's a thing that when they send one person to camp early, they have the opportunity to go find an idol. That's a thing in survivor. And you know, that by this point, apparently LJ is the only one who picked up on that. And he went and looked exactly where she had been and found her idol. So that's kind of an old school, new school transition. And that, yes, he went and found the idol, but he went and found it because he knew that Morgan likely had a clue to be looking in right. the spot where she was when they arrived at camp. So that's episode two. Episode 3 um, just kind of breezing through. There's a reward challenge. Um, was
1: that the one they couldn't get the flag?
0: <laughs> and this one had me, yeah, this one had me rolling because, okay, so the premise of this one is one person is not blindfolded. And three people, for the sake of this game, three people are in the field. And they're trying to get five items and then the flag. And LJ and the person who's not blindfolded is up on this little tower. And they're, like, calling out directions to two of the people who are blindfolded. And they bring it back to this little pulley system platform. And LJ was one of the ones for the Beauty Tribe. <laughs> and... I, I'm trying to keep this a family-friendly show, but I just gotta say this the way I thought it. L.J. kept getting hit in the dick. That's <laughs> that's what kept happening. He kept like probably. Tony I'm sure Tony took it a couple too, times, but he, but L.J. repeatedly, they would whoever was calling for them. I can't even remember who was calling for that tribe. Um kept like calling directions in such a way that he would run into a rail or a pole or something and it would hit him right in the balls because it was that height and it cracked me up because it was like an old school I love that challenge just because of people running into stuff and I'm a child and so it just made me laugh because he kept Justin it was like five times he got hit in the dick he would just run into a he would run into a pole or a rail yeah and they were right at that height and you couldn't even see his eyes, but the look on his the rest of his face was just
1: like, I yeah, want to no, be done with this Spencer so bad. And Tony, um, I remember just looking at like the way they groaned when they got hit. And like you could tell Spencer in particular was just fed up with everything. Um, because Spencer has <laughs> done everything Spencer. to try to keep this brain tribe alive in all these challenges. Like he, he's the only reason that beauty got sent to the tribal in episode two. It's because he got on that ball puzzle and just started yanking it. And, like, it just happened to work out for him, which, I, I mean, I know Spencer's smart. He probably had, you know, some algorithm in his head as to why, like, if he pulled it this way, it worked. work. But, like, without him, they're going to another triple in the one before this. Um, and so, like, yeah. in this particular challenge, I just remember, like, hearing Spencer just kind of groan. Because I think it, it's Jatia Colin, is that right? Tasha's calling, no, it's
0: tasha calling Jatia is the one, so it's I remember the setup for that tribe because they don't mention it, but this is the challenge that sunk Jatia because Jatia spoiler alert Jatia goes home in this after this finally episode this is a reward challenge i'm trying to I'm trying to find the reward uh yes, oh, it was the chicken one where the the winning tribe would get chickens. That can produce eggs. The second place would get eggs. Third place gets nothing. And so there were four people, and there were only four people because the uh, the branch tribe had already lost two people. Yeah, they were down to four. And Braun still has not lost uh, a single
1: challenge by this point. So
0: it was right. And Tasha is up on the tower. She's got. She can see. She's calling. Spencer and Cass are walking through the maze. And uh, Jatia, all she has to do is wait back at the little platform and pull a rope on one side to pull the pull the platform up. That's all she's got to do. She couldn't do it. And um, in this tribe, in this challenge, beauty and brains are neck and neck. I mean, that's the way Wikipedia describes it, and that's the way it was. I mean, yeah. it was really like back and forth. You know, they were tra- they had to get five different items, and it was like. A fish trap, and a bale of hay, and a, I forget what the other thing was, but it was just five different things. It didn't matter. And then a flag. And throughout the thing, Beauty and Brains were neck and neck. It would be, oh, Beauty's got three, Brains has two. Oh, Brains has three, Brains got four real quick. Now it's, And it was back and forth, you know. We apologize
1: for those technical difficulties.
0: Folks, that's what happens when you work with technology. It just happens yeah. like
1: that sometimes. Yeah, some, my phone just crashed. Um, I don't know what happened. And, like,
0: you want to be mad about that, right? You want to be mad yeah. about that your phone just crashed. But at the same time, you're like, I am holding a box that's, like, three inches by four inches by a half an inch or whatever the measurement is. And it has all the information in the whole world. Right. I can't even be mad at it. Right. Like, I mean, you and I, like, we've talked about, if you've listened to our podcast, you've heard an ad for Anchor. Holy crap. The stuff that Anchor allows me to do with this podcast is incredible. So I can't be mad when just crap happens. It's just life. It's the way it is, and we got bigger things to be mad at. But we were in the middle of talking about this challenge, and it's – Episode 3. And it's a reward challenge, but I think it's what kept got Jatia voted out. Even though she also screwed up the next challenge. Because Jatia screws up a lot of things. It's just that Garrett was a big enough moron to keep her in the game for another three days. Or six well, days is what it ended up being. Well, um
1: But we've talk- we talked about that a good bit. Is that they end up going to tribal. And I think Spencer does a really good job of just basically saying, look, Yes, I've I've betrayed you guys before because I thought for sure we were sending Jatia home because that was the right move. That's my bad. I should have kept you guys in the loop, and I'm sorry. But if you want to continue to come here, by all means, by all means, send me home. And he's right. Like, without him, you know, Cass and and Tasha probably have already had to send – not only Spencer home, but probably Jatia too. Um, so I think that's kind of where, like, you're looking at it, and you're like, huh. you know, Spencer's got a point. Like, and I think for Tasha and Cass, th- he's now indebted to you. Like, without without you guys deciding to keep him over Jatia, he, he's just – he's done. Like, he has no, no opportunity. And so I think they build a great ally in Spencer by keeping him over Jatia.
0: Yeah, so we'll just skip on from there. Jatia screws that challenge up royally. Uh, It's a pulley system where there's one person pulling on one side, one person pulling the other, and there's a platform It's made of bamboo. You've seen Survivor. If you haven't seen this challenge, you can picture it. Uh, Both people have to pull at a relatively similar pace to get it up, to get the five items plus the flag all the way up to the platform. There's a funny scene where... Tony, they're out, and I forget who Tony is with on their side, but uh, Tony grabs just a – I think it's Lindsay because Lindsay takes one, and she's not a dude, but she takes a rail to the midsection. In professional wrestling, that's what they would say. It was a blow to the midsection, uh, but it's the lower midsection. She took a pole right to the lady region. And she just falls out. Like she just drops like a sack of potatoes, the exact way that you would expect a man to because it hurt so bad. But anyway, uh, Tony and Lindsay are out there, and Tony just grabs some random stick of bamboo. bamboo. It's not their flag, it's something else. And he's like, I got it. And Lindsay's behind him. She's like, No, I've got it. But uh, (laughs) you remember (laughs) what Tony was doing? Watching that challenge.
1: Like brain is blowing brawn out at this point like it's not
0: close brain is back at the tower just trying to raise their flag up and this is a really well-designed game because if i'm playing survivor i want to be able to see who my weak link is right i want to see who the person is that i need to get rid of if i'm in the tribal phase right and This one is designed where you can see because both people have to be pulling at a relatively similar speed and constantly it was Jatia's side that had fallen behind and whatever item they were trying to get to the tower fell off. And then Jatia ended up getting voted out. I forget what the immunity challenge is. It was... Oh, it was the one that (laughs) Braun was trying to throw because uh sarah wanted to get out cliff sarah later known as lasina for some reason decided that she wanted to get out cliff and i'm going to get to that uh in a in a minute um and she was trying to throw it i i don't really know she talked to woo and she talked to at least one other person about trying to throw that challenge to get cliff out and i I don't know how many people bought into it because even including Sarah, not many of them in the challenge looked like they were trying to throw it. And what's fun is this was a challenge that Cliff was clearly going to exceed at or succeed at because they had to dive down to the bottom of the water and uh, to the bottom of the ocean at that point, yeah. I guess, yeah. and and unclipped buoys. And the buoys were, were ball-shaped, of course, and then – Two people, I'm using air quotes because in two of the three tribes, only one person was shooting, had to shoot him into a basket. It was basically basketball. Well, Cliff is Cliff Robinson. He is an NBA All Star. Is that right? I, I feel like he was an All Star. Is At that right? At some
1: point, he probably was an All Star. I mean, he's relatively well known. Uh, he's
0: somebody that if you know basketball, you know Cliff
1: Robinson. Right. And he's just so like 6'11 kind of like, power forward that, like, regardless of if he is the worst player in the NBA, he's in the NBA. Yeah, a,
0: he was a 94 NBA All-Star, two-time NBA All-Defensive Second Team and NBA Sixth Man of the Year. Uh he's got almost 20 they almost 20,000 points the man can shoot a basketball is the point. And so this is a game that like they included possibly because Cliff Robinson was on the was on the the, the cast. Um And Sarah decided she was going to throw this game. Now, she decided it before they knew what game it was. Right. But she decided she was going to throw a game, and it turns out to be the game that, if it got to the shooting portion, they were probably not going to lose. Because this is literally what he did for 20 years. Cliff Robinson had an an astoundingly long NBA career. Uh, It was... uh, 1989 and 2007. He played in the NBA for almost 20 years. Uh, <laughs> this is just—it's funny. It's just a really well edited uh, episode because what they were trying to lose is something that they almost couldn't lose.
1: Right. Well, and so she tries to. It looks like throw it because she's the one diving down to the bottom. Well, she comes up with nothing like the first two or three times she goes. So she's clearly trying to slow down the the process a little bit. But you look over at this this dang brain tribe and just there's, no, there's nothing you can do to throw this challenge. Like Sarah would have to sit in the water and look at Cliff in his face and say, I'm not going down there. Good luck because I'm not I'm not getting the buoys like you're going to find somebody else to come out here. And that's the only way she could have thrown that because the brains are yeah. so bad. Like Jatia can't really swim all that well. She can't throw the ball, the buoy. Um, from, like, two feet to Spencer. Um, and how are you on Survivor? You can't swim. I I just don't get it. And so Spencer eventually, like, he's looking at it, and he's like, look, I, I don't know what else I can do. He, he basically, like, tells everybody else, sit on this platform, and I'm going to have to just do everything. So he dives in, goes down, gets all their buoys back, comes back gets on the on the platform collapses i think that's when they realize that two people have to leave the platform um and so i think it's Cass and jatia get in the water and neither one of them can corral this ball like the buoy when spencer shoots it like there's just that they have no hope of getting this ball back to him if he misses so spencer basically has to hit it every time he shoots and he had a couple that were like in and out and he was keeping up with cliff For, like, the first three. Um, Some of that was because Cliff was so tall. He's, like, what, 6'11", Jeremy? Probably? He's listed at 6'10". Yeah. He's real big. He's a a tall guy. Like, he's got a full foot on me. And so, like, I think he realized pretty early on that, like, his height was messing him up. So, he got down on a knee, which is probably about the same height as Spencer at that point. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) proceeds to just like hit like four or five in a row. And, and you only had five, I think. And so he hit like four in a row and it took him a couple of tries to get to the fifth one. But like, you just knew once the shooting started, once he found his spot, which happened to be like just getting on his knees and realizing, okay, well this is more natural than if I'm standing. Cause the, the, the basket is not very high. Like he's shooting down, which is not what he's used to doing. Um, so coming from his knees, he he's able to arc the shot a little bit better. And once he found his spot, it was it was over for anybody that was 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 playing. But look, and Sarah had this was a, bit of a fight he did, but Sarah Sarah did a really good job of trying to throw this. She really did because they didn't beat Beauty. Um, because if if she had been any quicker in terms of just getting the ball to Cliff, they beat Beauty with relative ease too.
0: They have a basketball player, an NBA player on their chat on their squad. The fact that she finished that they finished second is a testament to her, her effort to throw it. But Wu kind of touched on this and I told you when we were, when we were chatting and as we were watching th- this episode, throwing a challenge is stupid. I mean there's just especially in a three tribe season where at this point you have six people. All it takes is at minimum three or at maximum three. If you have three people who say, I'm pissed that Sarah tried to throw this challenge, you're gone. Three people. That is just so dumb. And this is where I want to get in. So in, in this, in this episode, um, and I don't want to spend too much time. So that's why I'm kind of, kind of rushing. But, uh, In this episode, Jatia does go home because she blew both challenges in this episode terribly. She's already blown challenges. She burned the rice. We talked about that last week. Um, Jatia goes home this episode. um, And Sarah starts trying to get rid of Cliff. And that's why she was blowing... That's why she was trying to throw the challenge. And she starts trying to get rid of Cliff because he's so well liked and he's well liked because he's a former NBA player we talked about that and uh at least Wu and Lindsay are enamored by the fact for lack of a better term they're enamored by the fact that they've got this former NBA player on their trot and Sarah's really concerned about that, and it's a very new school thing. And Cliff is kind of the prototypical, like, somebody who you really don't have to worry about. And he's a real asset because he's 6'10". When he played in the NBA, he was listed at 6'10", 225, which is ridiculous because I'm 6'4", 218 right now. And the fact that you add another six inches and only seven pounds is just absurd. But by this point he's probably 6'10", 265. he's a real asset for team challenges because you and I talked about there's the 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 actual um because the next episode they dropped from three pe- from three tribes down to two tribes, largely because the brains were down to three people. I think uh, you and I talked about this that i I think they probably have, especially with seasons like this where they start out with three tribes. I think there's probably a couple of different game plans. And when a tribe gets down to three people, they just don't have a lot of games that are 3v3v3. And so they probably, uh, when a tribe gets down to three people, they go ahead, they have a, a, a path that they switch to where they merge down to two tribes. And they did that. And there's a game where, where you're, one person is like gripping the bottom of a pole, and two people from the opposite tribe are trying to pull them off. Cliff Robinson is ticked 6'10", probably 265 at least by this point because he's been retired from the NBA for five or six years at this point. And there was just no getting him off there, Justin.
1: Look, he's he's strong. He's a, you know, he's not necessarily strategic, so it's not like you're worried about him blindsiding folks necessarily. And look, he the perception on the show is, is that he's got a ton of money. And so, like, even if you let him get to the merge and he somehow goes on a a run, there's not a whole lot of juries that are going to give the money to the guy that's perceived to be this big millionaire that's played in the NBA. Like, I I just can't see a jury looking and being like, oh, you know, that's Cliff Robinson. He plays, like, 15, 20 years in the NBA. He's probably got, you know, 40 or 50 million just chilling. Like, there's no reason for him to be here. There's no reason that, that you would you'd give it to him. Um, unless you know he had like some remarkable story at the end, or he really did turn into a great player, whatever it may be. But like in the team portion of this, this dude is killing it. Like he's he's been a like the Braun tribe has not lost yet when he's on it. And so when they tribe swap, you know he ends up on a tribe that doesn't like all the brains end up on one tribe. Is that right? I think I think that's right. Yes, um, all three of them. <laughs> and, and which is a bad omen, but not in this case because they get to the puzzle, um, and they're really good at the puzzle. And and Cliff didn't really have anybody on his tribe that was good at the puzzle. Um, not that they were lacking super far behind, but it was you could tell that Tasha and Spencer were just running things on that other tribe in terms of that puzzle. Like they were moving through that quick. Particularly um, Tasha. Yes. And so, you know, outside of that, like Cliff is the reason they had the lead going into the puzzle. is because he's just a big dude. And so I think that, you, like, looking even short term, like, okay, if we get him out now, odds are that if we don't merge pretty quickly, we're, we're probably going to lose another couple people off this tribe because old buddy Cliff has been carrying a lot of us in these challenges. as um, I think he's on the tribe with, like... Is it Tony? Uh, well, it's, it's
0: most it's most most of, of the, the Brawn tribe.
1: So except, it's him. For him, except for Lucina.
0: Yeah, it's him, Tony, uh, Trish, Trish, who you love. She's your favorite. Ugh. Lindsay, and uh, Woo Right. ...are all on one tribe with uh, LJ and... Jeffra,
1: I think physically for me, not like, Jeffra. I think I've got. I think I got that wrong. Uh, anyway, carry on. But what I was saying is like so that tribe outside of Cliff, there's not a huge like challenge threat on there outside of maybe Woo. Um, Tony's pretty solid, but remember, Tony doesn't show his ability to win even individual immunity until Winners at War, like. Dude's not necessarily been a, a physical threat de- over the course of his three seasons on Survivor. Like he's just not, a, not not really perceived as a physical threat, even though he looks like he could be, and he's definitely not a liability in challenges by any means at this stage. But he's not necessarily somebody like Cliff who's going to carry you to to a win.
0: Well, he's the flip of Cliff, and this is why this is why uh, Sarah's focus on getting Cliff out. Uh, and and what eventually gets Cliff out because she plants the seed with Tony to get Cliff out, even though she's on the opposite tribe at this point. Um, and then,
1: uh, well, now Tony what planted was so the funny. original seed, right? Because Tony's the one that came up and said, "Hey, like, you know, Cliff and uh, Lindsay, they were talking about getting you out, like, and it was a straight up lie from the get go." Yeah, because
0: remember, he, he's, Sarah, he's put.
1: He plants Sarah that like Cliff.
0: He plants that seed as like a you know, j just to try to build rapport with Sarah. But Sarah's the one who specifically chooses Cliff because he's such a threat after the merge for some reason. Um I don't think he's that big of a threat because of what we talked about, even though unfortunately Cliff Robinson is not as wealthy as you would like to think he would have been at this point. He was having some financial issues. Yeah. Um but uh, she, she is convinced that he is somebody who's going to be a threat after the merge because people like him. He's an NBA star. He's peop- he's somebody that people are going to want to work with. He's already got Lindsey and Wu or basically in his pocket. Um, she's the one who chooses him out of that duo of Cliff and, and Lindsey. She chooses him as the person she wants out. She gets Tony Think in that direction. Um, but to me, this is where we talked about how the the beauty tribe used the kind of an old school survivor. This is where uh, brawn, and then into the uh, whatever that what's the two tribes the when they when they go down to two. Um, I don't know. Solana, the
1: name. Solana, yeah, Solana. yeah.
0: the Solana tribe that is all the brawn except for Sarah, plus Jeffra and LJ. They end up voting Cliff out, and and it, it's very much a new school survivor move to me. Because when a lot of people talk about new school, and especially when they talk about not liking new school, it's the the it's the preponderance of hidden immunity idols, and not just hidden immunity idols, but the ones that are uh, hidden without clues. They're just there. They're in a tree stump. They're hanging here. They're they're buried under a root or whatever. Um, and they talk about advantages and and being you know winning challenges and winning immunity and and it's it's things like that but for me one of the biggest things and you you really see it in this with sarah is this focus on people that you don't want after the merge or that you don't want to be in your final three when you're still in the tribal phase Mm -hmm. and to me this targeting of cliff when he's the prototype of somebody who is perfect to have in the tribal phase because in all of these team challenges, there's a spot for somebody who's 6'10", 265, and pretty strong. You know, like there's a spot in all of those challenges. There have been three or four already, and not just the basketball one, where having him, you know, one of the ones was the, the one where he was sitting on the base of the pole And you've got to be able to pull this person off of the pole and then drag them like 30 yards across a line or 20 yards, whatever it was. And you're just not going to do that with him. There is nobody who can hold on to that pole and then be a big enough obstacle. He wasn't even trying. He was just laying in the sand being huge. And they couldn't get him up off the sand and down the beach. And so he's the, and, but then after the merge, he's somebody that it will be easy to say, listen, Cliff is well-liked and Cliff is a, is somebody who's had plenty of opportunities to win a million dollars. Let's get rid of him. And because he's 6'10", and because he's 265, or that's just the weight that I've picked, I'm sure that's how big he is, maybe bigger. There are just some of those individual immunity challenges he won't be able to do. He won't be able to win. You're going to have opportunities to get rid of him. He's the prototype of somebody that you save through the entire tribal phase and then get rid of him after the merge,
1: right? Right. I mean, again, he's just such an easy out, um, in my opinion, once you get past merge, right? Like, he's just such an easy target. Like, as soon as he loses an immunity challenge, you just let him go.
0: Yeah, and so that's why it's such a new school move because one thing, and I talked about this with you, one stark difference I saw because, again, I watched one, two, three, four, somewhere back in there I stopped watching. I watched 38, 39, 40. I watched Token Chains. Now I'm watching Kageyan. One of the stark differences is how many people are just... You know, in the tribal phase, they're already thinking about. And I get you want to have you know JT and Steven made a, a an alliance early on in token genes that they carried all the way to the very last minute.
1: Well, and so now but, there is but there is a theory, Jeremy. I will say this is that when you are in the tribal phase, it's better to go to tribal and form bonds and find out who you, who's with you and who's against you than to get all the way through, get to the merge and go up against, uh, you know, three folks, um, you know, like a, we saw it in uh, Token chain where you've got JT, Steven, and uh, Taj, and those three stuck together to pretty much the bitter end, it was the tribe that came in with numbers where they hadn't really had to go to tribal, where they hadn't really had to face adversity. A lot of times like those, those are the the ones that make it to the end is the ones that have been battle tested at tribal. And so I think there's at least some, some thought that like the, the best thing to happen sometimes is to trim your fat, so to speak, because let's say for the brain tribe in particular, um, they, they've now got Cass, Tasha, and Spencer. Those are three really strong players. If they had gone, gotten to the merge with Garrett and Jatia, those are two people that could have easily flipped on them immediately when they got to the merge. Now, those three are solid together, and they're going to stick together as much as they can, one would think, because they've already went through the hard parts of these tribals and they've formed these alliances, formed this voting block, formed this bond. I think that's kind of where like going to travel is not always the worst thing as long as you don't go home. Um, and that's well, and I, obviously but, the but key. I, but I think the, the, the
0: issue is still like, and, and, and obviously it ends up working out. In some cases, because you know the merge isn't always isn't that far away, but I think there's something to be said for let's go ahead and vote out people. Let's keep somebody who is a who is a team challenge asset. You know, when you've got a Cliff Robinson that is six ten two sixty five, he's a professional athlete. He's not just physically good; he is physically elite in the term when when you're talking about survivor which pulls from the entirety of um <laughs> this the american population mm-hmm. he's an elite athlete yeah. you know even if he's like a you know middle tier nba player he's an elite athlete let's go ahead and hold on to him until the merge so that we don't have to come back to tribal because while tribal does allow you to trim fat especially in this season where the largest number you ever needed to get voted out was four. Mm-hmm. Not going to tribal, is especially in Kageyama. It's one thing when you're talking about a modern two-tribe survivor where there's ten people. You've got, you know, uh, th- there are tribals where you have to have six votes to go home. You've got some wiggle room.
1: Yeah.
0: But when you're talking about you start out with six when they merge down to two tribes, you've got seven when all you need is three or four votes to go home. I'm trying to avoid tribal at all costs. Yeah, no, I get that. And to me, that's where this new school thought is just so fascinating to me where Sarah, she wanted cliff gone. And then that planted the seed with Tony. So then when they did whittle down to two tribes, What ended up sending Cliff home at the end of the fourth episode was literally the fact that Trish, once they merged and she connected with LJ, they're both from the Boston or Massachusetts area, so they bonded, and she wanted to send Cliff home because that's what LJ wanted, and the other option was to send LJ home because, as you and I have said, LJ is a threat. He's physically capable. He is smart, and he's easy to like, hmm. and he—I mean, he, he checks all the boxes, and so he's the other option to send
1: home. And he has an but idol, Trish.
0: Yeah, he has a—he has an immunity idol, and but nobody else knows that because right. he plays it so well. But Trish connects with LJ. She convinces Tony that she, he should vote for Cliff. Tony was already leaning that way, partially because of conversations with Sarah, and they send Cliff home. But the seed got planted from this really new school, school view where Cliff's going to be a threat after the merge because people really like him. And that's not really something you saw, even as recently as Token James. There just wasn't that discussion of this person's going to be a threat after the merge. It was as simple as Coach said it, but even on the other tribe, it was happening of mm-hmm. when we go to tribal, we get rid of the weakest person. Yeah. Who is going to keep us from coming back here? That's as, that's as simple as it was. And as you transition through the 20s and especially into the 30s and, and now into the 40s, it becomes a, yeah, but how is this person going to help me after the merge? If we get past the merge, how is this person going to be an asset to me? How is this person going to be hard to get rid of? And that's what I think is making this season so fascinating to me is how – how much of a transition you have from the old school into the new school.
1: Well, and you get to see from tribal council to tribal council, different approaches, because the same thing could be said. Well, Chatea is not going to be a very big threat after the merge. Um, Spencer very well could be, because he's obviously a, a bit of a challenge beast for your team. So like the brain tribe is thinking maybe a little bit more old school and getting rid of, well, maybe not in the beginning, but like from tribal to tribal, it seems like they're using different uh, methods, different, different schools of thought. So like the first tribe, they got rid of David um, even though Jatia was probably the call there. They get rid of Garrett because, well, Garrett's not going to let me play my game. I might as well get rid of him even though he is a little bit more of a a help in challenges. And then they trim the fat again by getting Jatia out, uh, which is a completely different thought from the, the tribal before that. So I think you're just seeing so much of, like you're saying, it's a, a uh, uh, com- contrast of the styles of play and this meshing of old school and new, new school really coming together in this season because you're seeing it happen from tribal to tribal. Like, you know, if, if Cliff was on that brain tribe, they're not getting rid of him. Not not with the, you know, the four of them. They're not going to get rid of Cliff at that stage or whatever. But because he ended up on a tribe where, you know – and you could make the argument Tony started planting the seed early on because he may have looked at it, well, you know, Cliff is the strongest person on the tribe. But if he goes, maybe then I'll be viewed as the strong one, and they're not going to want to get rid of the stronger player. They might be willing to get rid of the secondary strongest player, but they're not going to get rid of their strongest, and maybe I move into that role of Cliff's gone.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that's just what's been fascinating to me so far about this season is just you can definitely tell that Survivor is moving from old school to new school. And listen, I, I, I like a lot of the things about the new school. I think what you saw in Winners at War was that the new school folks, the reason it's the new school is because it's a progression, is because the old school stuff, got old and had to evolve. And when some of those old school players came into Winners of War, they got their butts kicked.
1: Yeah. Well, because they thought and, that they could just play the voting block game and play the, you know, well, if, if our, our force stays strong, yada, yada, yada. You know, they, they, they got, like you said, they got their butt kicked.
0: Because it was – the reason things progress is because – especially in a game like Survivor, the old tricks stop working. The old tricks, it, it, it's easier to spot what Rob is doing when you've seen it before. When you've seen the, uh, well, let's not leave Tribal Council, which is what Garrett was trying to do. Let's not leave, I said Tribal Council, let's not leave the camp. Let's, let's all stay here. Let's all, you know, I don't want anybody to leave. When you've seen that
1: for you know, freaking 30 seasons, right? it doesn't work anymore. It's harder to pull it off. It is. And I think that what you're seeing, like what Rob did and, in his season that that he ended up winning, he did a lot of that stuff from, I haven't seen his full season yet, but um, from my understanding, he did a lot of that, like staying in the Rob cage is what he told Lucina and Sophie and and winners at war. Um, And you're right. His tricks didn't necessarily work against players that, have watched his season. Like, you've got film study on this player at this point. Um, like, you know what he's about. And so, but even from what you're saying, like, they've got film study over 27 seasons by this point, or 26 seasons, depending on how it was filmed, um, where they've seen this type of tricks that maybe Garrett's play in or, or so-and-so's play in and, and how it works out. I mean, in, in reality, the only person that fell for, for Boston Rob this past season was your boy Ben. And he quickly recovered and helped send him home. Right.
0: And Ben immediately said, you know, he did a confessional in that episode of I am falling for exactly what Boston Rob has always done. Perfect example of what you're talking about. LJ got his idol in Kageon because the setup they had for the opening to that season was so similar to token genes that he knew Morgan probably had the opportunity to go get an idol. And because she was over there, I'm going to go look over there. Whereas in token chains, that was a new enough concept that they didn't even think about the, 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 the other folks in the tribe didn't even think about the fact that, Oh, Sarah, uh Sierra or Sandy could, could possibly have idols. Whereas 10 epi- 10 seasons later, five years later, it's immediate. Well, and There's probably an idol over here. That's where she was. Let me go
1: look. When it's every move by this point is you've got to at least think that, oh, well, what if so-and-so has an idol? We saw that, and I'm going to do this because we haven't mentioned him in this episode. Um, Rick Devins, the man had an idol at, like, every tribal that he wasn't safe at, and so that caused his tribe to, at every single tribal, they had to think, okay, well, we, we can put three votes on Rick, but there's a chance that man's got an idol again, so let's put two votes on, on Ron, or let's put two votes on Aurora. Um, and so you, you you see that vote split and start to come into play a lot more after, uh, I think it was season 14, uh, Cowboy uh, mentions it uh, as, as uh, playing Voodoo, uh, which before that, nobody had really talked about splitting the votes um he mentions it in season 14 and that's when you start to see that kind of come about is that that like okay well the idol could be played let's let's throw some throw some votes at so and so and throw some votes at so and so just in case somebody plays an idol and so that's always got to be on their minds in these in these tribal settings um and that's why you know they threw you know a few votes on on let's say uh morgan and bryce is a good example they, they thought that because Morgan had gotten there, that Morgan may have an idol. Uh, or Bryce may have the idol because Morgan gave it to him. You, you just never know. So let's throw a couple votes here and a couple votes there and make sure we get somebody that goes home.
0: And that's the fun thing about One of the many fun things about Survivor to me is that we know <laughs> it's just this level of knowledge. We know that LJ knows that he has the idol that Morgan could have had so she doesn't have it, right? Right. Like, that's, that's that's. we know all that. They never have to explain that, but we know that. We know LJ has it. We know LJ knows that that's the one Morgan was looking for, so she doesn't have it. And so LJ has two choices. He could have totally, without revealing that he has it, he could have said, listen, and we've seen this from other players in Survivor. I I don't think she has it. You know, I just, I, I don't think, that Morgan has found it, um, I, I talked to her, and just from my conversation with her, I don't think she has it. And he could have played that in such a way that he wouldn't have given himself away. But what he chooses to do is Occam's razor, he uh, sort of, he chooses to go path of least resistance and just, yeah, I don't think she has it. Yeah. Or or, or rather, um, yeah, maybe she does have it. You're right. She, she, she could have found it. Um, yes, I mean, see you look... Let's split these votes. That's a perfect idea. It's a, because he knows they're gonna they're gonna split the votes, and she's not gonna have it because he knows he has it, and then they're gonna vote out who they want. Right. He knows he's fine. He plays the simplest play to keep himself alive and not give away the fact that he has an idol.
1: Well, and then also like he doesn't reveal himself as a strategic threat by saying. Oh, me and Morgan had great conversations to where I know that she doesn't have one, because at that point, then he like his tribe members are like, "Well, why you been talking to Morgan? How do you know that?" Yeah, like so he. It's very smart to just say, "Yeah, you're probably right. She probably does have that idol. You know, she did get here to camp first. You know, and let's just be safe."
0: And that's and that's another one of those where like you see in the newer school, the even more new school beyond Kagiyan. You see this desire to pull big moves at every, every phase of the game. Let's pull a big move. And what you see here is LJ just kind of like, I'm going to lay low, yeah. and I know I'm safe. I'm not even going to play this idol. Because that's another thing you see once you get into the newer seasons is lots of idol plays. You see multiple idols in play. You see this person plays their idol. And so one goes back in the woods and they immediately go looking for it. And whereas 18 and then again in 28, you see people kind of sitting on idols for a while.
1: Well, they're sitting sitting on them. Tony's got an idol um, that he found. Uh, One idol is obviously somewhere on that island still today because Garrett left it under a tree somewhere. Um, (laughs) um, But no, like, and and you see it in, in seasons where like, now they've gone above and beyond just idle play. Like they've added in, you know, um, what what was it the the one Jeremy played this year the uh, the something without power, safety without power, safety yeah. Um, Sarah plays the of vote in a couple seasons now that she's played, and I mean, so there's all these different additional things, and I think you're right. I think the reason that you have to add those things, and I know a lot of people can't stand the idols and they can't stand the advantages is if you didn't have them you'd be watching the same season over and over again because you you know how somebody acts and how somebody is and, and you can't I mean I guess what I'm trying to get at is the addition of these extra advantages and it always adds additional wrinkles and it doesn't allow somebody to get super comfortable uh, like the idol nullifier adding that particular twist in I don't love it at final six um, because I think that like that kind of, a uh, of power at final six is tough, um, to why our final five, I guess it was with, with Janet, uh, in season 39, like, I don't love necessarily that stage of the game where they're throwing out a, a, a huge advantage, like an idle nullifier, but at least like say that happens pre-merge where somebody are right at the merge where somebody plays an idle nullifier and it keeps the numbers on that one side. Uh, so I think adding some of those advantages are not always a bad thing. Um, people think that, Oh, you know, it, it, it's too much when you start looking at travels where there's six people and five people are safe because they have an advantage or because they have the immunity necklace. Yeah, I get it. That's a lot for one tribal, but it keeps the game fresh. And like you're saying, you can't necessarily plan for it. The way are you, you have to try to plan for it best you can. It's not a, well, I know Boston Rob has been doing this for, for 30 years and I, or 20 years. I mean, so I know how he's like, his plan is working. I need to get him out now because you can't really do that when you've got idols and such in play. You can't do that when there's advantages in play. You can't just think automatically, okay, well, I just get him out and he's gone. You have to at least think, okay, well, what if he has an idol nullifier? Or what if he has safety without power? All of these things add additional layers to this game, and I mean, I think that's why I love it so much.
0: And, and I agree because the the thing about it is, what you also have that you didn't have, you're starting to get in oh. Kagiyan, but you definitely didn't have even in token chains, which was, you know, eight nine years into uh, the existence of Survivor, is the super fan players, the right. players that come in with the plan of I want to blind somebody, I want to blindside somebody. um,
1: a checklist,
0: uh, almost. Yeah, uh, when, when I come in, you know, I want to get rid of. I gotta have a big move during the tribal phase, and and, and uh, Jeff even said in, in at some point in the last couple seasons we've watched is is that it's it's not a blindside. To be a blindside, they have to not see it coming, and right. and it, it's called a blindside for a reason. And what you what you have in some of these later seasons is. Everything's a blindside. You know, sometimes the reason that the person you're voting out is so obvious is because it's the right choice. Sometimes uh, the reason that no one is expecting you to vote out player A is because player A is not the person you should be voting out. Yeah, and you've you saw that a lot with uh, 38 in in the season in, in Edge of There were some players that got voted out that it it was stupid and that's why that that tribe that that Devens and Wardog and and wentworth were on kept having to go to tribal council because they were voting out stupid people not yeah. people who were stupid but voting out people that it was a stupid decision to vote that person out and you see that more in the new school um because you have players who are coming in with things they want to do i want to find an immunity idol i want to i want to do be part of a blind side. I want to make a big move, yada, yada, yada. And that's why you have to keep adding these twists so that the game is fresh. So that, yeah, you want to do that. Here's an idle nullifier. Enjoy that.
1: Well, and uh, here's you, you mentioned 38. What, what season is Joe going home pre-merge? I mean, seriously, why would you send Joe, who is arguably one of the, the, the best physical threats to ever play the game, why would you send him on pre-merge? In an old-school Survivor season. You would. Like, that's the guy you hang on to, and you ride him all the way to the merge.
0: but And then you get rid of him because no one has ever – what's the record?
1: Five? Right. And I think he's gotten five.
0: Like, literally everyone who has ever played Survivor has given you a chance to vote him out. And almost all of them have given you multiple chances that you could vote him out. If you've got somebody like Joe, you're gonna have chances to vote him out after the merge. keep him on your t- tribe until after the merge so that you don't have to go to tribal council all the time and then get rid of him after the merge and so that's where that's why these ch- these twists exist is because you they've had to add these things because there's a playbook now if yeah. they had just kept playing survivor the way they did at the beginning there's a there's a playbook for how you handle it when somebody has. The one hidden immunity idol in the game. How you handle it when uh, you've got a physical threat. How you handle it when you've got somebody who's a social threat. There's a playbook, and if you just let them keep you running that playbook over and over again, it gets boring. So you have to add these twists to make people have to come out of what they were expecting to play and step into a different game and create drama. And, and Kageyana is where you... you you're starting to see a little more of that you're starting to see okay you had these numbers in three tribes what are you gonna do when we break it down to two and yep. what are you gonna do when you when you go from everybody on your tribe is is a brawn player to now five of them are brawn but two of them are beauty and one of them is is at least one of them is really strategic and has an idol that you don't know about and now have you the ha- connection. Yeah, and how are you going to handle it when uh, you're you've gone from the smartest player on the Brawn tribe, which I, th- I think that that's probably Sarah, mm-hmm. to now you're playing with three Brawn and or three Beauty and three of the th- and and the only three remaining brains. How are you going to play that now?
1: Yeah, because you're no longer the the smart one um you're probably one of the more physical ones but Spencer's probably now the most physical on that drop.
0: and you're the one who doesn't have numbers because it's seven people and it's three three one and you're the one what are you going to do and these are the kind of things that they they throw in to keep it fresh and there are a lot of people that will argue that oh I I wish it was still the way it was And, and I would say that uh, even the twist that I don't like. You and I have lots of problems with Edge of Extinction.
1: Mm-hmm. There are
0: flaws with the fire tokens. Um, I wish that hidden immunity idols were a little bit more hidden. But they have to throw in these twists to keep it fresh or it wouldn't still be on the air. Right. So we're going to keep walking through Just Justin, let's, I, I feel like we, we've milked these three episodes for everything they're worth. <laughs> and 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 talked about that old school new school vibe and we're going to probably keep talking about that because of the kind of transition phase that we're in but i've, I've enjoyed it and let's watch a little bit more of this next week huh
1: yeah for sure we'll 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 dive into i'm assuming we'll probably hit the merge this week um will be my guest just based on how the episodes are kind of laid out um since we've done the tribe swap now i assume we probably hit the merge this week uh and that'll that'll give us some talking points i'm sure
0: yep all right, well, well, we'll do the next week. Listen, folks, you can find us on all kinds of services, uh, Google, Spotify, several other podcatchers, and uh, we'll, we'll hopefully get on uh, Apple Podcasts here shortly. Tell your friends about us and uh, subscribe where you can. And until next week, have a good one.